Welcome to TBT, a movie podcast where we relive our childhoods through movies. I'm Olivia. And I'm Miranda. And today we're going to talk to you all about To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You, which is a movie from 2020, which is crazy. Yeah, breaking all the rules. Yeah, I think, is this our first episode of 2022? I don't know. I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what the last thing we did was. I need to look it up. <laughs> I, I don't think it is. I, I think, I, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but the fact that, like, this movie's name is longer than the first one is genuinely insane. There's a lot, like, going on in this title. Like, and every time I go to, like, watch it or type it or whatever, I'm like, is it to all the boys I've loved before? P.S. I love you? There's no way. That's not possible. But no, it's, and it's P.S. I still, still love, love you. you. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you can't do like P.S. I love you because then it's like, okay, this is not. Yeah. You can't do that. Just for, just for like note taking purposes, we have done two episodes in 2020. We did Go Figure and New Moon both in 2020. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, I feel like that couldn't have been that long ago. <laughs> it feels like a lifetime ago. I mean, I don't I know. I feel like a different person. My- Wow, really? I, I don't know. I feel like my life is going by so slowly at the moment. Oh. So it's just like, what am I doing? You know? Well, can't relate. Um, <laughs> isn't that nice? Yeah. Um, is it, though? I don't know. I could slow down a little. Um, so the running time of this movie is an hour and 41 minutes, which um, right before I, w- I watched this, I Googled how long it was. And then I, like, timed out when I was going to start watching because this was this was like the day that it came out that I took all of these notes and stuff which was a while ago now um I googled how long the movie was and it says said it was like 80 minutes and then it turned out to be an hour and 41 and I was like well there goes my bedtime but it was just like an extra 20 minutes that's not too bad look I will I hold on to every moment it's very precious like again I said, my life moves very quickly. <laughs> Those 20 minutes are precious. I'm just like, oh, we could just have a three-hour-long movie. I'll, we'll just be sitting here like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, like, I won't be sleeping until 5 a.m. anyway. It's okay. Yeah, I'm here all night. Why not? <laughs> Brody doesn't care. Um, who directed this movie? So the director is Michael... I'm going to butcher the name, of course. Um, Fimagnari? Um, he yeah, has, sure. Sh- yeah, I don't know, whatever. Um, he has all cinematographer credits, but he, his known fours are, or his known fours are all cinematographer credits, not, I'm sure he obviously has directing credits, um, are to all the boys, P.S. I Still Love You, The Haunting of Hill House from 2018, Dr. Sleep from 2019, and to all the boys I've loved before. He's also directing the upcoming to all the boys, Always and Forever, Largine, Currently in post-production and scheduled to premiere later this year. Yeah, wild. They really, like, stacked all of them. Done. They were like, yeah. we are capitalizing on this while it is hot. Well, um, yeah, one I thing is, when you have, like, a Netflix, like, when you can just, like, release stuff so easily, there's no, like, big build-up to them with Netflix. Yeah. I mean, they have, like, minimal advertising. They just kind of, like, put it out there into the ether for people to watch versus, well, like, a premiere. I feel like I will it's much say, easier. They did advertise this movie quite a bit. Um, last week, I was driving down Sunset to go get my nails done, and I saw three billboards all in a row for this, which when you live in L.A., like, the Netflix billboards is just crazy because they literally, like, bought a billboard company. Like, these are, <laughs> these are things that I pay attention to um, because part of my job is buying billboards, but 
they literally like bought an entire billboard company so like a huge percentage of all billboards in the united states are owned by netflix but i mean what i'm saying is that there's not i know they did press because i saw they were in a bunch of different like buzzfeed and hot ones and all that kind and the of morning stuff toast. on youtube yeah they were uh no the girl who plays J- chris went oh okay i was like wait what um no that'd be but, crazy um, yeah i'm like whoa that's a good get um but yeah they um i know they did press and stuff for it but like not to the level i feel like that most movie premieres kind of get i don't know no that's true sure but they were on like talk shows and stuff i don't really know how much more they could have done yeah, I mean, I guess there just wasn't, like, the, there wasn't, like, a big premiere. I don't remember I a lot of, like, commercials. I mean, like, I didn't Yeah, see, and like, they don't advertise on TV. Yeah, so, you don't so see I mean, the it was just anymore. kind of, like, one of those things that you had, like, it was, I don't know. It's just different with Netflix, I guess. Sure. I don't yeah. know. Um, it also is really interesting to me that Michael Fimignari um, is a, like, cinematographer, it seems, instead of a director, usually, because all of these are cinematographer credits. Because this is, like, one of the most beautiful movies that you can watch, like, cinematography. So, like, like, did you watch The Haunting of Hill House? No. Like, it's like that, too. Like, it's very... Oh, okay. The only thing is that you have to turn the brightness up on your screen, like, way, way, way. Like, even when you watch watch it in the dark... I can handle it. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's similar to Game of Thrones. Like, you're... You basically... Even when you're watching it in the dark, you still have to turn your brightness up. Um, Gotcha. But, like, it's so... Like, it's... It's it's beautiful. Like, it's a beautiful, like, um... It's just shot really nice also. Yeah. Like, the actual, like, visuals are very cool. And the, this movie, just stunning. It's a beautiful yeah. movie. He's really, he's really fantastic. Michael Fimo is great at his job. Good old Michael F. Yeah. Love him. <laughs> Michael F. So, who um, is the star of this movie? So, the star of this movie is Lana Condor, who plays Lara Jean Covey. Her known fours are To All the Boys I've Loved Before in 2018, obviously, X-Men Apocalypse from 2016, Alita Battle Angel, we won't hold that against her, from 2019, and Patriot's Day from 2016. And she was born in May of 1997, which makes me feel so old, um, in Canto, Vietnam, and then adopted by American parents in October of, of 1997. And then in August of 2017, she started a scholarship with the Asia Foundation in which she pays for girls in, oh, okay, in in that city city to go to four years of school, which is so great. Um, And the scholarship will provide the students with books, uniforms, food, and a bike to get to and from school. How great. Like, how cool. Like, a very... It was, like, when I read that, I'm like, oh, my God, it's, like, very Cameron Boyce. Like, that's just who it reminded me of. It's, like, Don't remind me of Cameron Boyce. But it was, like, it just makes me, like, happy to see these young people who, like, care about more than, like, going out and partying, you know? And, like, stuff like that. I think it's it's good to see see that they're actually doing things. Totally. Um, She's also an accomplished dancer. She trained at the Joffrey Ballet in Chicago and the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater in New York. Yeah. Cool. Who Um, else we got? Oh, yeah. So Noah (laughs) Sotneo plays uh, Peter... I can't remember his last name. Um, Peter Kavinsky. Kavin- oh my god, duh. Um, so for some reason I think that like Noah Centineo's last name like sometimes is just Kavinsky. I'm like, oh yeah, it's Noah Kavinsky. Yeah, Noah Kavinsky. 
which is so sad um, on my part, but it is no voice are to all the boys I've loved before from 2018, The Perfect Date from 2019, Sierra Burgess is a Loser from 2018, and The Fosters from 2015 to 2018. Like, the fact that I have a 75% on Noah Centineo's known fours is, like, so genuinely disappointing. Like, I feel like is it weird that I feel like Netflix, like, owns Noah Centineo? Like, no, I like, really think they do. Like, Netflix is like, Noah Centineo cannot breathe without us giving him permission yeah. to breathe, so. We talk about this every time we talk about Noah Centineo. Like, he signed a deal with Netflix or with, like, some small production company, possibly Awesomeness TV, but I don't think, like, the other ones, I don't know if the other ones were Awesomeness films, which I should know. I interned there, so, <laughs> you know, I have a little connection. Literally, no one that I worked with is still there, like, absolutely no one um but yeah i don't know where i was going with that but (laughs) um but like he he made this he made like a like a six movie deal so he's literally like stuck to netflix or whoever for until he gets these movies pumped out I think it's more so, like, the caliber of actor that he is, is, like, he's getting cast in the movies that are going to Netflix. Like, he's not getting cast in the movies that are going to theaters. No, but I feel like he could be, like, I don't feel like he... And I don't think he's picky. No, but I feel like he's definitely, he was definitely roped into at least, like, the perfect dates here, Burgess is a loser, to all the way, like... I feel like that was all part of, like, one big contract for him, like, a vehicle contract kind of thing, because I, but, like, I feel like he probably would do better on TV. Like, he seems like a TV kind of guy, like. Yeah. Well, he was a TV kind of guy. Yeah, and, like, I think he wanted this, like. Fosters. Yeah, he wanted, like, a movie vehicle, and, like, Netflix was, like, here we go, and, like. I would. I think this is. I would say, like. His threshold. To all the boys and sorry, and The Perfect Date and Sierra Burgess, those are, like, the three best Noah Centineo movies. Like, we forget <laughs> about the one where he, like, made the dating app um, that isn't The Perfect Date. Um, and then, like, a couple of other, like, Wait, real Wait, that isn't The Perfect Date? Noah What's Cetineo the other? Movies. Oh. There's a, it's, like, Swiped. No. It's there's, a movie, there's a movie called Swiped or something similar that he is in. Continue. But, um, I don't know. Okay. You figure it out. Anyway. Oh, trust me, um, you're wrong. So, Noah Nail has been sober since his 21st birthday. Oh, which this is supposed wanna... to be my thing. Why am I letting... Okay, anyway. you Because you told me to. I'm the only person who's, like, even remotely sympathetic to Noah Centineo, so... Yeah. I, look, I've seen too much of Noah Centineo. I have and... seen all of Noah Centineo. Um, and, like, I, I don't hold it, it against him. Like, I'm not upset about it. Like, I ain't mad at him for that thing. The things that he does. Know. Um, do you want to talk about his sobriety or should I? It was swiped. I feel like that had a better. Duh. I'm always. Didn't here. we do an episode on that? No, absolutely not. I feel like we we definitely talked because it had a different name before, didn't it? No, The Perfect Date and Swiped are two separate movies. Oh, but The Perfect Date was also like a dating app movie, right? Yes. Okay, so we did a we did an episode on The Perfect Date. <laughs> we did that's an why I'm like on The Perfect Date. That's why I'm like I feel like we did an episode on whatever this the date oh. thing. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. No, so, The Perfect Date was in high school, and I think Swiped was in college. <laughs> Okay. Like, it's fully different age brackets. Anyway, but whole thing. is it, though? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Please. The, the swipe like, did we need... as though, like, Awesomeness TV made the social network. Because, like, did we really need, like, 
two of the exact same movies, but for no. different, like, because, because people in high school are like, oh, I can't relate to this exact same movie because it's college people. Like, no, the college one was worse. I Honestly. Like, far worse. That, yeah. <sighs> okay. So, <laughs> Noah Zaneo's been I think sober. it came out first, though. It did. Anyway. It did. Which is Those weird that like... he would be playing, like, a college kid <laughs> and then going back. And, anyway. Oh, my God. All right. So, he's been sober since his 21st oh. birthday. <laughs> What? Um, Swiped has a 17% on Rotten Tomatoes, and The Perfect Date has a 65. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't remember what I said in the time, but, like, The Perfect Date, like, at least had, like, some kind of production value to it. I've never even heard of Swiped, so. Yeah. No, don't. I I didn't even watch Swiped. I watched Dylan is Not in Trouble. What is it? Dylan is in Trouble? I don't know. There's this YouTuber who, like, does movie reviews similar to ours honestly where he just like watches netflix movies and reacts to them and it's a great way to watch these movies because it's it only takes like half an hour to watch his whole recap whereas <laughs> it takes like an hour and a half to watch the whole you know movie. or you could just watch the five minute version on what is it um uh something uh movie trailers honest trailers you can just watch honest trailers and you're like okay I no it. i don't think they're making an honest trailers for swipes <laughs> i mean it would be so funny if they did, though. Like, honestly, they should get into the more obscure movies. Honestly, I think the trailer for Swiped was probably pretty honest. Like, it probably didn't look very good. Yeah, on, yeah, it probably was just like, this is what we have. <laughs> yeah. You can Take only do so much. It. See ya. <laughs> um, okay, so Noah Zaneo has been sober since his 21st birthday. Um, he This includes... How old is he? I don't know, but, like, for anyone to be sober in L.A., like, consciously, unless they've had, like, a real yeah. problem. I'm just, like, accidentally sober. Like, <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. It doesn't happen it on purpose, happens. but, I mean, like, for somebody um, it's like It's been him, almost three years. Okay. But for, and for someone like him to, okay, yeah. so this is the part that I thought was interesting. So, obviously, this includes all drugs, alcohol, cigarettes, and anxiety medication. This was in this mm. whole long article. And he, like, wasn't advocating that, like, if you really need anxiety medication you should like just go off of it but mm-hmm. um he wanted to like get away from like it basically being all kind of like completely sober and he replaced these things with working out and yoga and he has said that um he began partying when he was 17 and moved to LA so like he was partying for four years and then kind of decided to like move away from that so that was kind of what I was like oh his 21st birthday wow congratulations but obviously like this was something that like he had developed as and noticed it was an issue so I mean yeah, like it's an interesting choice to like get sober on your 21st birthday like usually people I think he like went out up. on his 21st birthday and like f- like kind of had like a come to Jesus afterwards and was like, okay, okay, this is something I can't do anymore. But, like, also there's, like, a level of maturity. I know way too, like, a 21-year-old boy to, like, make that decision for himself is pretty, I mean, like, I'll give him that. He's made some bad decisions in the, lately, but, like, See, swiped. that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, swiped and, like, Pornhub. But, like, I mean, I think, I think, like, that's a pretty mature decision. The second one he was swindled into. I don't think he was swindled and just swiped, but you know. Yeah, whatever. sure, but like, don't send shit to people on. Like, yeah, don't just don't do. Don't that. make those videos. <laughs> yeah, don't. Uh, sure. Um, I don't want to victim blame, but sure. No, no, no. Um, but like, you know, if you're like, just you know, it's probably a wise move to just not. It's kind of like how do you uh, never like 
it's kind of like an abstinence sort of thing. Okay. Like, oh, okay. how do you how do you ski safely? Don't go skiing. Sure. Um, let's move on. <laughs> uh, so next we have Jordan Fisher, who plays John Ambrose. His known for his art Moana, which he was on the soundtrack for in 2016. Grease Live in 2016. 20- uh, Again in 2016, I thought I read that wrong, but no. Um, Until Dawn in 2015 and Livin' Maddie of 2015 to 2017. Hell yes, Livin' Maddie getting some respect. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say anything else. I know, well, I was just like, I like when I saw it, when I was doing this uh, research, as we'll call it, um, I was like, oh my God, she's going to be so happy. And I felt like you were going to know all this stuff about Jordan Fisher simply because you watched Love and Maddie. But like, does it work that way? I mean, Jordan Fisher like was really a star of Love and Maddie. I think Jordan Fisher is going to be the next big thing. Like, I feel like big things are happening. Like, he is such a star. Like, he is so talented. It's not even funny. Speaking of his talent, he's currently starring on Broadway in Dear Evan Hansen as Evan Hansen. Following the footsteps of Ben Platt, no big deal. Yeah. Um, he was previously in Hamilton on Broadway as John Lauren slash Philip Hamilton from November 2016 to March 2017. I mean, so he's just like an all around, like triple, quadruple threat. Like, he's just wonderful. He seems really smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like, let's just get to the trivia. Like, most, all the trivia is pretty yeah. much about Jordan Fisher on top of it. Both of I the trivia. Him. Yeah. Both of the <laughs> trivia. <laughs> Um, who else Okay, do so we also... We these people? I guess we do. I, like, really loved all of them, so Can I needed... Can we do, like, a speed round? Yeah, well, there's no stuff okay. on this. Okay, so okay. next up is Anna Cathcart, who is, um, plays Kitty. Her known fours are obviously to all the boys I've loved before. Odd Squad from 2016 to 2019. Odd Squad the movie from 2016. And Dino Dana from 2017. Which You're is, like, I feel like... Your isn't on the list. That's all I gotta say. I know, right? But anyway... Um, we also have Ross Butler, who plays Trevor. Had no idea his character's name was Trevor. I mean, um, his known for is He doesn't need a name. He's just so perfect. He's so cute. <laughs> I am he's so not, attracted to Ross so Butler. so dumb. I know, but, um, like, I am so attracted to Ross Butler. It's not even funny. Like, Yeah, true. Um, his known for is our Shazam from 2019. 13 <laughs> Reasons Why from 2017 to 2019, but he wasn't on it. Or, yeah, he was. He stayed there. Yeah. Never mind. Um, Riverdale from 2017. That's, That's the one he left. Yeah. And Teen Wolf from 2016. I'm also just, like, very grateful to Ross Butler for leaving Riverdale because that brought us Charles Melton. But, like, that's all I have to say but on like, that. But, like, I almost, like, I, I love Ross Butler more I than understand. Charles Melton. Like, I just no, think and he's I th- so cute. I think you should. I think, I think he's more worthy of our love than Charles yeah. Melton. Oh, Charles yeah, for Melton's sure. problematic. Uh, yeah, he's, he's shady. He's super shady. But, like, um, but, yeah, I feel like Ross Butler is just, he, Ross Butler's cute where Charles Melton is, like, hot. You know, like, he's more, yeah. like, the hot kind of guy where, like, Ross Butler looks like he's, like, nice, you know? Sure. He's, like, the hot guy who's also nice. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, also is John Corbett, who plays Dr. Covey. Um, he, his known for us are My Big Fat Greek Wedding from 2002, Northern Exposure from 1990 to 95, The Messengers from 2007, and Serendipity from 2001. Also, he was in Sex and the City, the movie, which is like, how is that not on here? Um, I love John Corbett. Like, love, love, love John Corbett. Like, honestly, this movie was, I think the reason why I liked it so much was because it was made for me. Because, like, Ross Butler, John Corbett, Jordan Fisher, like, it's just a great day for Olivia. 
Wow. Um, we also have Holland Taylor in this movie playing Stormy. Her and Force are Legally Blonde from 2001, The Wedding Date from 2005, The Practice from 1998 to 2003, and Two and a Half Men from 2003 to 2015. Um, I just, like, had just fully forgot that she was in Two and a Half Men, a show that I've seen way too many episodes of. Um, but... Like, also, how much money does Holland Taylor have from Two and a Half Men? Probably, like, you know? so much. Right? Um... And it's like you don't even been, remember she was in it, but you know she has like a bazillion dollars from that show. Probably, yeah. Um, another thing, she's been in a relationship with Sarah Paulson since 2015, despite receiving criticism for their 32 year age difference. I, I love that you no didn't know this. That like I love I had that. No clue. Yeah, I knew. I didn't know they were still together. Like I, when I was looking up stuff, I'm like, I know there's something weird about Holland Taylor that I'm not remembering. And then like the first thing, it was like one, not even the first thing that came up. And I was like, oh, it, that's what it was. It was when, um, because I remember when Sarah Paulson was doing press for American Horror Story, they were talking about it. But like, that is I, crazy. Like, yeah, it's it's so great. Like it's such a weird. It's like how do they even know each other? You know, like like if you look at the pictures, like she looks like her mom. Don't I mean she easily could be her mom? Like, but like I I don't know. Like I think like it's very much. Um, like I feel like they're intellectually very similar. Like I can see it for sure, but like. I don't know if I can, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's a weird, It my whole thing was, like, like I understand everybody in, like, Hollywood knows each other, but I'm just, like, they're they so, as someone they're in Hollywood. <laughs> but, like, like, they're so different. Like, they just have, like, I yeah. feel like they, like, operate on, like, two complete opposite ends of, like, the hemisphere, and, like, somehow they're together, and, like, they've been together since 2015, five years strong. That's, like, kind of amazing. Good sure. for them. So, do you want to start with the trivia, or should I? Um, you can start. <laughs> okay. So, Jordan Fisher personally wrote John Ambrose's return letter to Lara Jean. That's I mean, it. Precious. That's the tweet. Um, okay. So, also, Jordan Fisher improvised the melody that John Ambrose plays on the piano for Lara Jean in the basement of Bellevue, which is, like... I don't know, amazing to me. Um, he said he's the guy who would also play piano. You know what I mean? That's just John Ambrose, the actor told us. Um, and Based then on everything that we learn about John Ambrose, I do think that's the case. However, I think this is real. Oh, never mind. You can finish. Yeah. Um, and then it just kind of worked out that I also play and was able to come up <laughs> with a chord structure that was completely and entirely unique to the moment and be able to do the scene at the same time. So, like, he just, like, came up with this while they were, like, I don't know, practicing? Or, like, the I fact that... I don't know that, what that was. It, I thought it was weird. But it's, like, so beautiful. Like, I thought, like, the piano playing was, like, very pretty and, like... I don't know, it's kind of wild that he just, like, came up with that. It's also really just a full break from Peter Kavinsky. Like, it really makes, shows you how different they are. So different, yeah. Like, it's like, how can you be, like, how can, one, they be best friends, and two, or, like, have been best friends, and two, like, how, how is it possible that you're, like, really into both of them? Because they're such polar opposites. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I do also really appreciate this. I feel like the movie didn't give 
Jordan Fisher that much to work with in terms of John Ambrose. Like, I remember I read the books and it's been a while, so I don't really remember them that well. But um, I feel like I was more like I understood John Ambrose much more in the book. And I'm sure that that kind of informed the way that I watched the movie. But I feel like the movie didn't like show me John Ambrose that well. And I think, like, learning these little things about John Ambrose makes you kind of pay a little more attention to him. And, like, it, he, like, Jordan Fisher had to make this role bigger than it was. Yeah. And I can appreciate that. Like, I don't yeah. think Noah Santaneo is having to do that. No, and I think, like, obviously, the whole, this, I felt like the movie was very much like, oh, hey, Largine, like this guy is like your perfect reflection. Like this is he's very much like because when he's playing the piano, she sits down and starts playing with him. You know, like every it's so much about like oh okay, he's like literally everything that you should be interested in because he's you essentially in male form. But like then there's Peter Kavinsky. So I don't know. Yeah. It's I I think Jordan Fisher is like such a star that. He's almost, like, too big for this role. Absolute star. I feel so bad for the guy who, like, showed up at the end of the last movie with the letter at the door. I know! Like, that and, like, blonde they guy, apparently, and just, he's gone. They went Bye. through, like, 4,000 different, like, auditions. Like, they went, they, like, auditioned all these people, and it was like, how shitty would it be if you were that guy, and you were like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, totally in for this next movie, and you're like, mm-mm, no, 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 no. Well, yeah, we were we just had, a stand-in. They, they tried so hard to find a replacement for him. <laughs> yeah, they were like, this isn't possible. We're going to... Can we, like, uh, yeah. CGI in for a new edit and, like, repost it to Netflix? another fun fact, trivia thing that I think it's interesting that you left out, but I'm going to bring up, is the fact that you might notice that uh, Lara Jean's sister's boyfriend, what was his name? Josh. Uh, fully gone. Like, fully not in this movie. Um, that's because people found tweets of his after the last movie came out that were racist against Asian people. Oh my god, no way. So that's why you don't see Josh in this movie. Is Josh in the book of... I think he might have been. Like, not a big part, but I think he, like, probably popped up every now and then just to be like, I hate Peter Kavinsky, you know? But they didn't even have, like, a flashback in this one. Like, they, they just pretended that he did not exist. I mean... Even though he was a huge part of the other movie. Like, he's the whole reason why Peter and Lara got together. But, like, worth it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and, um, and Jen, um, Jen, though. Jen, uh, wait, yeah, Jen. Jen was Jen? in this movie kind of a lot. So much. Like, more than I thought she was getting... I feel like she was in this one more than she was in the last one. And she was, I like... I think so, too. More pivotal in the first one. Like, her, like, character actually, like, plays a role in the first movie. Yeah, she was kind of, like, uh, the threat of a gen in the other one. And in this one, she got, like, all of the imagination scenes and all of that stuff. Anyway, Jen shows up a lot. Let's let's plug, plug everything and then we can get into the plot. Okay, so okay. to learn more about the show and, uh... And I don't know what's going on here, but um, if you want to shop our and shop our red bubble store, go to tbtamp.com. Okay, yes. I see it now. Yeah, um, but right now, while you're enjoying our podcast, do a quick quick scroll to the bottom of your Apple Podcast app and rate us five stars. If you're feeling a little extra generous, you can also leave us a review. 
Um, and talk about our podcast. Talk about it to whoever. Recommend us. That would be super helpful. <laughs> yes. Um, and then also, if you have anything you want to share or comment with us about the show, you can email us at tbtamp.gmail.com or you can slide into our DMs on Instagram at tbtpodcast. You can follow our personal Instagram and Twitter accounts. Olivia's is... Um, it's Mac is Cheesy again. <gasps> oh, yeah. oh, my God. Wow. The turntables. Yeah, yeah. How the tables have turned back to um, Mac is Cheesy. I have wow. re-embraced my pasta love and self, and I the Mac is once so again happy. cheesy. <laughs> the live is no longer dot blonde. Um, but, like... Still, still, still blonde, but like, I feel like Mac is cheesy, just like fully embraces my personality versus my hair color. So that's true. Yeah, the most interesting thing about you is absolutely not your hair color. I mean, mean, it's not our cheesiness, but yeah. But I think it's your sense of humor, and that really shines in Mac is cheesy. Oh my god, thank you again. Like, the nicest things you've ever said to me. I feel like I could like count them on one hand. True. <laughs> I need to like timestamp this and be like, if I'm ever feeling down, go back to this moment. <laughs> Too bad we're not recording this. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, no, be like, I, I wish I like thought of this and like for, for like your Christmas present, I'll send you a recording of like the nicest things you've ever said to me. <laughs> Could you post this Christmas as a podcast? I'm just going to send you a recording of Cheetah Girls too. Oh, oh my God. No, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, no, for uh for my birthday we for my birthday week we can post like the five nicest things Miranda has ever said on record for Yeah, about but like Olivia. you have to go through and find them because I'm absolutely not doing that. Oh my god. Well they're not gonna be into you girls too, that's for sure. <laughs> no. Um and then my Instagram and Twitter are is at Miranda Johnson, M A R A N D A J O H N Z O N. No personality, just my name. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Um, okay, so why don't you start? Yes, so we are reacquainted with Laura Jean just before her first date with her new boyfriend, Peter Kavinsky. Pete <laughs> takes LJ to a fancy, quote, two-fork restaurant in a back alley with big menus and lets her drive home since she claims she is now a good driver despite her fear of driving in the snow. However, Lara Jean makes a detour to a lantern festival where they each promise not to break the other's heart. This is just like a cute little like, oh, hey, here they are. Like, look at them being happy. Let's get excited to ruin it. Uh, yeah. So, so we, sorry, I'm, my thing okay. is like freaking out. Okay. <clears throat> so Kitty says when he break. okay, so Peter Pete, lovely Pete, um, brings Laura Jean, LJ, um, some Gerbera daisies. Gerber, I don't remember Gerbera. how. Gerbera. Gerbera. Gerbera daisies, which are like basically um, like the kind that they spray paint at the store. You know, that they like spray paint so they can be like wild yeah, colors. Basic daisies. They the are Peter ugly. Peter of daisies. Yeah, they are super ugly and they are no one's favorite. And Kitty's like, oh my God, everybody's favorite. I'm like, Mm-mm, absolutely not. That's like saying carnations are everybody's favorite. They are not. No. Um, I also or don't understand how this is their first date. I feel like they've gone on many a date. I don't understand. Yeah, I think their timelines. Li- yeah, I thought that was weird too because I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Did like, is this like. 
still in the middle of the last movie, but I guess they're just, like, not counting their fake relationship. I don't know. I don't remember much of the first movie, so... And we didn't do an episode about the first movie, so it's kind of like I, I can't even. Yeah, no, trust me. Two. I tried to like dig up some notes on that, nope. and like it was it was not helpful. So, um, one of the things that Peter says is, "The bigger the menu, the fancier the restaurant." And I have, in my experience, found this to be the opposite. Like when you go to a Michelin star restaurant, like that menu is tiny. Like you are getting a prefix menu, maybe like. And then you go to BJ's, and it's just like, here is everything that you have in the kitchen. Like, so sort it out. The the best example of this is in um, Schitt's Creek, the one, yeah, um, yeah the Cafe Tropical. Um, the menu is literally 18 pages all folded up. So, like, yeah, it's like Denny's. Like, Denny's has a very wide menu. <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, a nice restaurant doesn't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, what? Catch. Catch has a small menu. Yeah. Um, but they have a sushi menu, so. Okay. Um, yeah. I feel like the menu at Catch could be smaller. It could be, but I think it's because they have, like, a fresh, they have, like, fresh seafood menu, and then they also have, like, uh, they also have the, um, their sushi menu. So, like, it's kind of, like, that yeah. sort of vibe, but. Sure. Um, it's also weird that this one starts with them being all lovey-dovey, and then the movie ends with, like, when the, the movie, the first movie ends with John Ambrose showing up like we're just gonna fully pretend that that didn't happen yeah I for- it's so like, like I forgot that that's how it ended and it was like so yeah they just are like oh yeah 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 he didn't show up or like he did but like it, nothing happened <laughs> like it honestly seems like the kind of thing that they would just edit out and like re-upload <laughs> like like when Taylor Swift took out the like spelling is fun part of me and just pretends that it never happened like this is the kind of thing that Netflix would just like wait cut out. Taylor Swift got rid of that that was the stupidest thing <laughs> yeah time. she got rid of it just because it's no stupid? longer like if you go and listen to me on Spotify it's just not there like why did she get rid of it because it was stupid people or got so much backlash like because it was dumb or just because like what was wrong with it that's why it, people just didn't like it and so she was like okay, i'll take it out oops interesting i didn't know that was a thing but i mean it was dumb but like i didn't know it was a thing yeah it was um another quick request can someone please get noah Centineo a kleenex i know that like i'm not much better <laughs> right now but he sounds like he has a cold this whole movie i feel like he has a deviated septum and, like <laughs> i don't know yeah i he always sounds like he's like... Do you like know what I'm like, talking about? He sounded like, like he needed a tissue. It was like a verge of tears. Like, you know, like when you get like, like, like choked up. Like, that's what like, I was getting from it. Like, not Lord so much like Jean, stuffed up, but like... <laughs> I really have something I need to tell you. Like, and the he like kind of like you. whisper talks. <laughs> he like whisper talks. Oh, oh my God. And then when he like grabs her hand and like... He, like, kisses her hand, but, like, he, like, leans his whole body into it, and the shot is, like, from the profile, so it looks like he's, like, laying on the table. It's so funny. Like, Noah St. Neo did everything to make this movie, like, he did not, he doesn't, like, know his body very well, I feel like, like, unlike a dancer or like a ballerina like um lana condor who's like very aware of what her body is doing at all times like noah Centineo just like goes with what he like his impulse so yeah. like to kiss someone's hand you would usually like pull the hand to like like kind of like meet you halfway he just like 
dumps his head into the table. It's just so strange. Thing. It's, it doesn't I need work. To, like work on this theory a little bit, but I feel like Noah Centineo is like only good when he's a surprise. You know, like he's only good when you don't really think he's gonna be good, and then when you have like medium expectations for him, it's like, oh, never mind. He does a t- he like gives the worst interviews on top. Like he like Ugh. doesn't answer questions. Like he just doesn't like. He's not good on the fly. Like no. he really needs to rehearse. Yeah, he needs a script, but yeah. that's fine. That his whole job is people giving him a script. Yeah, for sure, and like direction. He needs a script and direction. Yeah. What's next? Um, so, Ella, LJ, Kitty, and Dr. Covey spend Korean New Year. Can we not call her LJ the whole time? I just, okay, I wasn't going to type out what, Laura Jean. Um, spend Korean New Year with their late mother's family, and Kitty fills their cool cousin, um, Haven, which I actually, like, thought was kind of a cool name, um, in on the details of Laura Jean's, uh, relationship. Haven mentions that she recognizes Peter from the infamous hot tub makeout video, prompting Laura Jean to inform her cousin of her co-starring role in said viral video. Uh, when they arrive home, Laura Jean is handed a letter with the return address of John Ambrose. His letter cordially thanks her for her interest in him, but neither confirm nor denies any feelings of his own for Laura Jean. She contemplates writing him back, but ultimately tosses her rough drafts and moves on with her life, you know, as you do. Yeah. Um, one of the things that happened was they were on FaceTime with Margo, and she was teaching them how to tie the little bow tie that they have to tie for their Korean outfit. I don't know what it's called. I'm sorry. Um, and I genuinely lolled when, like, Kenny said something annoying, and Lara Jean just reached forward and pulled out the bow that they had just, like, spent forever trying to tie. I it, like, that was kind hilarious. of just looked like a slipknot. Like, it didn't look like yeah. it was... No, and that... clearly it was, because she could untie it. Yeah, it just pulled it out. I'm like, I don't feel like this would require, like, a phone call, but also, you two. Maybe like, they just you're gonna call, to call somebody her. in Scotland? What? Maybe they just wanted to call her. I mean, probably. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to the food stylist, because the Korean food looked so good. I mean, like, that whole, like, family get-together was really cute. Like, and how, yeah. like, the mo- Haven's mom was like, aren't you mad that you didn't wear your outfit? Don't you feel left out? And she's like, no. I no. Don't. Um, I also thought it was really funny when Kitty said, show Haven a picture of him, when Haven <laughs> was, like, so dismissive. And then she showed him a picture, showed her a picture, and she was like, oh, now I'm in- like, now I care. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, your boyfriend's hot. Like, yeah. Good job. Like even some. Like I like how Kitty was like, no, no, no. He, she needs to know how hot he is. It's like what? Even Kitty's like, (laughs) Kitty's like, no, no, no. We can't. We need to take this seriously. He's hot. (laughs) Yeah, that's really funny. Um, and then also, I think it's interesting how much of a workout the voiceover booth got in this movie. Like it was really popping in there. Yeah, I felt like they were. Um for how long this movie was they were like really like telling the story via narration quite a bit it's true they had like so much unnecessarily time. Was so long but like kind of unnecessarily like we get it like i could have cut this movie down to an hour 10 easy i mean i don't hate the length but like <laughs> i just didn't think like w- like they were giving narration when we didn't necessarily need it yeah um so at school, 
Laura Jean mentions the reply letter to Peter, and after asking if John Ambrose mentioned Peter at all since they used to be best friends, he seems a bit put off at the notion of her writing something back. Laura Jean is then disappointed when Peter chooses to select a volunteer experience with his friends rather than hang out at Bellevue Retirement Home with her. As she signs up alone, Peter's ex, Jen, strolls up to talk shit and makes Lara Jean feel insecure. That's Jen's honestly, like, best talent that she has. She's, like, so good at it. Like, it's, like, second nature. making people feel insecure. I mean, like, honestly, she'll probably, like, run an Instagram or something one day. But, like, she's just, it's, like, like, it's one of those things that she was so good, you kind of just have to, like, appreciate it. Like, you can't even, like, be like, like, she's a bitch, but, like, she's really good at it like it's talent i mean the entire job of an instagram influencer is to make people feel insecure so that they'll buy things that you're parroting um exactly so she'd be great at that yeah Um, exactly she's gonna run an instagram (laughs) yeah she begins to realize for the first time apparently that while she is experiencing all these romantic firsts peter has already had them with another girl um this is called jealousy like she like never says it but it's like oh yeah this is you know like also, this is, like, how the world works, Laura Jean. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, people don't just pop up when they enter your life. Yeah, and, like, we can't all just, like, be virgins until we get married, Laura Jean. It doesn't work that way. No. Uh, Laura Jean is further irritated when Peter arrives late to their coffee shop date that afternoon due to a late practice, but he makes, up, makes it up to her by taking her to a random carnival. This is, like, actually my personal hell. Like, personal help it seems like a carnival would be something that you're into but yeah at this point in the movie we've literally just had like them go on two dates and that's all that's happened yeah no carnival carnival rides like the um i get motion sickness like Um, every single time it's like i can absolutely not nope um so i'm not really sure what so they're like signing up for their um community service that's like mandatory and I'm not sure what Oakwood is. They make it sound like it's, like, way cooler. Um, it sounds like maybe it's, like, a kid's camp or, like, some kind of, like, food pantry or something. But, like... I don't really know what it is. But, like, so Laura Jean, like, makes a point to say that, like, it would look better on my college application to volunteer at this retirement home. And, like, is that really true? Like, I feel yeah, like... I don't know. Like, you're not, like, single-handedly building an orphanage or, like teaching like blind refugee children how to read braille so like i mean volunteer work that's mandatory is volunteer work you know yeah i'm trying to google like what it is but i can't is it like a real thing no i'm trying to google like what it is in the movie yeah because they like make it seem like it's like this really fun cool thing that like it's the blow-off volunteer work but like it's still volunteer work yeah i don't know um also, um, so, like, <laughs> while I was watching this, I'm, like, um, hurt people hurt people, Jen. Like, clearly there's something, um, like... No, and that's a note for Lara Jean. Like, if Jen is hurting her, like... Yeah, it's be because... Nice. There's a reason. Well, yeah, and it's, like, because you stole her boyfriend, you know? Like... Well, also because, like, her parents are splitting up. Yeah, but, like, even if you don't know that, like, she's not gonna be nice to you. You stole her boyfriend. Like, what do you expect, Lara Jean? Yeah. Um, what else? So, um, okay, so something I really liked was, um, which might be more of a credit to Jenny Han, who wrote the books versus the filmmakers, but, um, I really liked that they 
which was more of like a narration thing, they depicted Laura Jean's like roller coaster of feelings for her relationship with Peter. Like, I felt like really well. Um, And like how much her insecurities kind of like influenced their relationship. Because like I personally feel this on like a, a real deep level and like young high school love sucks and it's emotional and dramatic and like and you're I so thought this insecure. was like, yeah it was like super real like and I feel like most like teen movies make them always look like super confident and like I don't know they the drama is like very manufactured where this was like so much like in her own head like it wasn't even like actually happening in the in the movie it was just like her internal monologue and I, I kind of liked that. It's definitely a way to make all of the drama seem much less contrived, I think. Yeah. Like, if it's all actually happening in her own head, which is, like you said, much more realistic. And another thing that I really liked is that at this point, like, it seems as though Peter and Lara Jean are communicating really well. Like, the fact that she tells him about the letters and stuff like that. Like, it would have been so easy, and they do kind of rely on this later on in the movie, but it would have been so easy for the conflict to come from, like, her not telling him. Um, but they, like, she does keep telling him, and then it seems like the, like, lack of communication things and, like, evading the truth and stuff more comes from Peter's side, but, like, you know. Well, and even, like, when he's late for the date, she's like, you could have told me, you know, like, all you had to do was tell me, and you didn't, you know, and he's like, I could have, and that was my mistake, I should have, you know, like, it's like, I, I think this well maybe unintentionally like did demonstrate like when communication works and when it doesn't and like being you know like ha- being always like yeah. communicating how you're feeling in a relationship is like the best way to be yeah it's also interesting to me I wrote this but now that I'm thinking about it I kind of like want to take a step back on it but what I wrote was it's interesting how Peter seems so much more insecure now like now that they're actually together is when he gets insecure but it's like no now he has something to lose before like they weren't together he didn't have anything to lose and he also was insecure before because he was like using Lara Jean to get Jen back and like that showed insecurity in thinking like oh I need to have this other girl in order to get Jen back not like oh I'm great so Jen's gonna come back to me um if she is like worthy or whatever um so I like fully disagree with this point that I made but I just wanted to take you through that journey yeah yeah I think like this whole movie is like all about high school insecurities, which like is basically what high school is. So like, yes, I, it's about I, high school. Yeah, I like totally like it was like the mo a more realistic depiction of a of high school than like I've I feel like I've seen in a really long time. Like, mm-hmm. I it was just very much like oh yeah I a hundred percent remember feeling like that in in high school. Like whether it, yeah. you know. It it just sucks. I'm like God. I don't miss high school. Like this sucks. No. Like. Um, one thing that I thought was funny, funny line here, was Chris saying that she was going to do some rescue animal welfare when she meant that she was going to hang out with her dog at home. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, another thing that I thought was genuinely insane was Jen mentioned one of the dishes that the restaurant that they went to has. She called it Casio e Pepe, so I looked it up. It's literally cheese pasta with black pepper. Oh my god. Um, and then we're also still in Act 1, and I was like, well, this is lasting a very long time. And then also, in the morning, in one of these scenes, she's like, I don't know what to do with my hair. She just, so she puts it into two low pigtails. Like, 
in what world is like something that you your would choice? yeah um in 2019 2020 yeah do not put your hair in pigtails if you put your hair in pigtails like no who are you margaret joe you can like, maybe this do, is not like, what we're doing two braids but like pigtails is she does like two high pigtails later when she like gets dressed up for the lacrosse game that it's she crazy. doesn't go to she does two high pigtails i'm like i have never seen somebody like i i it's would not okay but like could you imagine wearing your hair in pigtails like Oh my god! Oh my god! I would die! I would kill you! Like I would kill you! <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> like if I saw you in pigtails, I'd be like, I get out of here! I can't talk to you until you take okay. this. Take well, this it's out. a good thing that we record remotely. You can't see that I'm wearing pigtails right now. Oh my god! Are At they high pigtails? No, Tell I me have one pigtail. It's called a ponytail. Okay, that's not pigtails. <laughs> I know. Isn't it weird that have... only one is called a ponytail, but two are called pigtails? Yeah, because pigs only have one. Okay, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you fully, like, abandoned that ship as soon as you started talking. No, because I'm anyway. like, pigs only have one tail, so, like, what? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Laura Jean starts volunteering at Bellevue Retirement Home, where she is immediately acquainted with her older sister Margot's favorite resident, Stormy. Stormy is a sarcastic, badass ex-Pan Am stewardess who is living out her days drinking and kicking ass at life. Um, LJ, or Jean, it also meets the only other high school volunteer, John Ambrose McLaren, with whom she once again feels sparks fly. Her instant connection with John Ambrose makes Laura Jean question everything, especially her feelings for Peter. Dun, dun, dun. I gotta say, um, this is much swankier than how I imagined Bellevue. Like, it is a beautiful it's retirement beautiful. community. And I really don't understand at what point, like, this becomes charity work. Like, it literally is just free labor for what seems to be a fully for-profit business. Mm-hmm. Um, I pictured it much more as, like, you know, a, a retirement community where they're, like, struggling a little bit. They don't have all this beautiful mid-century modern furniture that they get like straight out of West Elm. Um, I just really don't understand how this is charity work. Well, and like there's, does no one work at this place except for, what was it, Dorothy? That Whatever that lady was who worked. Yeah, I don't, there's, I like, don't one, understand. Yeah, there's like literally one employee at this retirement. It, like maybe even, like, assisted living facilities, like, assisted living communities have, like, nurses and stuff that, like, will do, like, checks on people. But this yeah. is not... Like, There's this no is... need for Stormy to live in a retirement home. Like, she... Everybody can... is completely self-sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. I just... I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Also, I gotta say, speaking of retirement homes, Jordan Fisher looks a little old for this. <laughs> That's my yeah. transition into the next point. I'm sticking by it. I probably shouldn't have said that, but it's fine. But he's also playing. I mean, he's in Dear Evan Hansen, so yeah, I think I he's short, he's not, he which like helps. Like he's in high school. <laughs> I think his height helps more than anything else. It's like, true. It does. Yes, yeah, when he stands next to um, Peter, it's like, oh, okay. His <laughs> like, forehead wrinkles don't help, but his height does. <laughs> yes, true. Forehead true. wrinkles are just one thing that like it's truly. I I know I shouldn't say this, but, like, in other people, it causes me pain. Like, when people have really deep forehead wrinkles, I, like, I like, don't do know. Like, do you know I get Botox for my forehead wrinkles, right? Yeah, I know, okay. and I really appreciate that. Thank you. Preventative Botox. Um, But, yeah, no, I, well, like, he has, well, like, such fair, a it sharp... it wasn't originally preventative, right? For, like, well, I mean, have it's... gotten it if it was fully preventative. Well, I'm, yeah, exactly. Like, if I didn't have, if, like, my forehead wrinkles weren't, like, so But, like, when you intense. see someone with really deep forehead wrinkles, doesn't it, like, hurt? 
It hurts I mean, me. More so like in men than women because I don't notice it as much on women as I do with men. I feel, I don't know, because most women have hair that like comes over their foreheads or whatever. But I, yeah, I mean, it's not, because as someone who has deep forehead wrinkles normally, um, it like, I know it doesn't hurt, but like, it's kind of like gross, you know, like it grosses me out. Just the folds. I don't know. Like, yeah. It's like, there's it. like, I don't know. Yeah. But it, do tell Brody that I think his forehead wrinkles are beautiful. Oh my God. They're the best. And like, they stay so clean. I just don't understand. Like, I don't know how he keeps them clean and I'm like, I can't do it. I'm like, I have to get rid of these. Um. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. So on um, Valentine's Day, is it my turn or is it your turn? I think it's uh, mine. No, it's yours. Yeah. It's okay. all you. On Valentine's Day, Laura Jean spends most of her day comparing her relationship to that of Peter and Jen, becoming jealous when she did not have an acapella chorus following her around throughout the day, and she and Peter meet up later on the track where their relationship began, and he gives her a necklace and reads her a poem, and and like she assumes, rightly so, that he wrote this poem for her. Um, She gives him a homemade turnover, which I thought looked a lot like a Pop-Tart, Uh, And also a handmade card, and apparently all is right in her world once more. Laura Jean and her best friend Chris then go celebrate Valentine's Day, which is cute, by eating Subway sandwiches in the woodshop classroom. And then when Peter's best friend Trevor arrives, he, like, clearly was invited there by Chris. He's, like, holding a rose in his mouth. Like, he is there for Chris, and I am here for them. They're Um, so cute. Yeah. So, like, kind of a weird product placement for Subway, like, for, like, the Valentine's Day Subway lunch in the woodshop classroom. Here's the thing. I actually fully understand this. Like, at my high school, if someone, like, because if you were under a senior, like, you couldn't go off campus for lunch. And if you were that kid, like, eating Subway at lunch, like, someone had to bring that to you. And that's really, truly a Valentine's Day miracle. I love Subway. Like, I know everybody hates Subway, but I still, I worked at Subway when I was, like, 15, and, like, I still love Subway. I cannot believe that you worked at Subway and you still like it. I honestly like Subway to a point, but, um, I don't like the negative cachet that Subway has. Like, I feel like in my office, if people see me eating Subway, they're like, are you feeling okay? Subway is just super reliable. Like, you know what you're going to get every single time when you go to Subway. And, like... You know what's not going to be that good? Yeah, it's not going to be the best sandwich of your life, but it's also going to be, like, you know what you're going to get. It's going to be reliably good. Sure. Netflix loves a gal who bakes when they're stressed. You know, like, her love from you... That's all that I can think of right now. All the people on the Great British Bake Off, like, but like also like Netflix like, loves that she baker. made like eight Hannah turnovers baker from Thirteen Reasons Why. <laughs> she made like eight turnovers and then just gave him like one in a box and he like consumes it while he's standing there. Like I'm like that was crazy. Oh, that was she, weird. Uh, when I first saw this, I was like, oh my god, she's making pop tarts. She's like full on Claire Saffitz. Like Lara Jean loves the Bon Appetit YouTube channel. Like I just know this in my soul. But, like, it was also kind of weird that she gave, she, like, expected, I feel like she went into this, like, ex- went into the Valentine's Day thing expecting, like, a lot from him because mm-hmm. of previous things with Jen. But then, like, she gave him a Pop-Tart and a, or, like, a homemade Pop-Tart. She had Pop-Tart. a beautiful homemade card. Yeah, and a homemade card. But, like, she expected, like, I mean, kind of a lot. Yeah, it's no big deal. 
No, I know. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I think his, like, follow-through was pretty... I think he did, like, a pretty good job. And, like, she, like, had high expectations. And was like, yeah. well, how can you expect so much when you made a turnover and gave him a card? And I feel like Laura Jean would be so embarrassed if someone, like, came and was singing her a little song grand. Well, and that's like, what he said. He's like, I didn't think it was your vibe. So, like, I think... Yeah. And also, like, how weird would it be if, like, you gave all your girlfriends the same thing in front of everybody like I feel like that's kind of weird true um and just when Lara Jean was like complaining about going to the same restaurants that he went to with Jen and then she doesn't get the song thing and she's mad about it it's like do you want to be like Jen or do you want to be like your own person yeah like he's treating you differently because you're he realizes you're a different person like move on like it doesn't have to like yeah yeah um, I also loved the Jenny Han cameo. I noticed it, and I was like, wow, love love recognizing things. Um, I also thought that these songs were very interesting. Like, they did Ocean Eyes, and then they also did I Want It That Way. And I was like, what are you guys but doing? But, like, Ross Butler singing I Want It That <laughs> Also, like, this weird, like, I love that their acapella club had, like, four people. Yeah. <laughs> like, they were like, okay, what's our list of songs we're going to do? Yeah, and, and then, then I think you get to choose. Oh, oh my God, that'd be so hard. Like, I'd be like, here's my list of three songs that I'm comfortable singing in front yeah, of Yeah, I think they probably, I think, I feel like they might have done this at my school and they gave like a list and you got to choose. I could be wrong, but I feel like I remember this. I feel like it's most embarrassing for the people Christmas, who though. are singing. Like, yeah, for <laughs> like sure. it seems, yeah, like that seems, that seems embarrassing. Um, also like very disruptive. Totally. Um, it's very you go Glen Coco. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. That's the whole when I was like, okay, this isn't Mean Girls. Like I didn't, I. No. But like Ross Butler singing was like really cute. I liked it. Lip syncing, <laughs> yeah, it was great. I wanted um, him to like stand up and dance. <laughs> yeah. He if if they redid Glee, he'd be perfect for it. Oh my god. You know. It, um, yeah. I do. Also, such a trope. Every single gay character in every movie is like, oh my god, you're so lucky. There's like two gay kids at our school. Like, it's just, it's such a trope. I'm so done. I, I did like how at, at the party later, he's like, why does everybody think that, like, because we're both gay, that means we love each other? <laughs> like, like, that's not how it works. No. Um, yeah, and I already covered my last point, so I'm done. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so while cleaning out the parlor room at Bellevue, um, John Ambrose gives Laura Jean her original love letter to, wait, um, her original love letter to him, which she requested to reread because she doesn't remember what she said. Um, the letter and recounts a memory. the audience remind us. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, we never got it in the first place. Yeah. So we're like, what the hell? Um, it's totally just a trick to, like, show us what she wrote. I know. But, like, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> The letter recounts a memory of a childhood Halloween party in which only Laura Jean and John Ambrose arrive in full costumes, being the moment in which she knew she was in love with him. Seeing her Hmm. mortified in the... What? It's fine. Keep going. Um, Seeing her mortified in the hallway, Stormy invites Laura Jean into her room and is caught up on the details of... The Laura Jean, Peter, John Ambrose love triangle. As Laura Jean begins to recite Peter's poem to, to her, oh no, um, Story, Stormy finishes it for her, informing her that the true author, author was a Edgar Allan Poe. Oh my god. Embarrassing. First of all, it's oh, Laura yeah. Jean. 
Her name La- is not Laura Jean. It is Laura Jean. Laura Jean. Okay, that's why I put LJ. So I didn't have to remember. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> is it even, like, messed up that Peter pretended to have written the poem himself? Like, I will say 100%. Like, I kind of understand him waiting for Jen in the hot tub, but, like, him starting to mess up in all of these ways once she's already his girlfriend is really not cool. I get that, like, Lara Jean puts a lot of pressure for him to, like, be this person that, honestly, he's not, because I don't think that they're that good of a match. Um, Mm -mm. It's just, like, it's really not great to me that he made this up. But he like, lied. But he didn't. I don't think. Up. So the thing was that, like, okay, so my thing is that when she, like, brings it up to him, he, like, flat out, like, owns up to it. Like, so I don't think. Like, I can understand being yeah, in that situation guess, where. But he was fully caught. Like, he could not have no, been, like. Totally. But I think. He kind of was like, okay, well, she thinks this was, like, such a grand gesture. And, like, kind of, like, I don't know. There's, like, guys that I've dated that if they said something, like, if they, like, gave, like wrote a poem like that, like, that was, I mean, it was obviously, like, there's, like, a level of poetry writing that, like, some people are capable of. And I feel like Peter Kavinsky is not, like, in what world is Edgar Allan Poe the same as Peter Kavinsky, you know, like, no. their writing capabilities are just not the same, and I feel like if you know your boyfriend, you know that, like, there's just no way he wrote that. Like, my first instinct, if someone read, like, if somebody, like, recited this poem to me, I'd be like, there's no way in hell you wrote this. Who wrote this? Yeah, it's true. So kind of, like, know your boyfriend. So, like, when she's, like, so enamored with this poem, I mean... It I also it. wasn't that good of a poem. No offense. I mean, like, I think it was really pretty and it was cute and, like, the whole moment was really cute. And I think for him to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's Edgar Allan Poe. I just inserted your name. Mm-hmm. You know, like, would have been weird. Yeah, sure. Um, Lara Jean also is back to having her hair pulled back at this point, And it's very meaningful and symbolic. It is? Yeah. Remember when, like, he, when they go to the party and she, like, he has her pull her hair out of the ponytail? With the scrunchie and stuff. I mean, I wish they would have, like, given us some sort of, like, (laughs) No, Olivia, sometimes you have to come to these things on your own. I mean, I need things to be spelled out for me. I'm sorry. Well, um, anyway. (laughs) Peter drives Lara Jean home from a party and asks if everything is okay. By the way, my love language is leaving parties early. Um, and she confronts him about the poem. He immediately admits it, as Olivia just said, even though he feels that way about her, he never actually claimed to have written the poem himself, blah, 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 bullshit, like you kind of did. Um, this seemingly placates her and they begin to make out in Peter's Jeep, parked in front of her house. When he begins to unbutton her blouse, Laura Jean gets uncomfortable and begins to imagine Pete's, Pete's, oh my God, countless (laughs) previous sexual experiences with Jen. She tells him that she doesn't want to have sex with him, and he appears to be offended that she would think such a thing, and he only wanted, he only wants her to do what she is ready for. I, like, you wouldn't have unbuttoned her blouse if, like, that's not what you were trying to do. Like, probably just own up to it. Like, yeah, yeah, sorry, Peter, you were absolutely trying to have sex with with Lara Jean. Like, that. And he says, like, why would I do that, like, in front of your dad's house? And it's like... 
They, I, don't I don't know. know. You did I it. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, at uh, at Bellevue, Lara Jean and John Ambrose bond over being lame in a cool way. Um. They begin chatting about Peter and his popular jock antics, and Lara Jean mentions that he and Jen had broken up, but never gets out that they are now in a relationship. Instead, she tells John Ambrose that the Robinson's treehouse will be torn down soon, and he proposes they dig up a time capsule they had previously buried there. Um, They agree to invite the others involved in the burial as well. Involved in the burial. (laughs) Um, While they were having this conversation, they were doing a bingo call, and while they were like, talking in between there were old ladies being like go faster like speed things up i don't have much time left and that was literally me trying to get this movie to go faster i mean okay (laughs) um i get um i get i get that the whole i just never had the opportunity to tell him is like a rom-com trope like oh you know like i tried to say something but i couldn't but like that is like just some bullshit that i'm absolutely not here for it like it would have taken you literally five seconds to say like hey john ambrose peter's my boyfriend now and she just like absolutely chooses not to like there's so many opportunities there's just simply like no like there if somebody told me that like oh there was just never the right time like it would have oh yeah um peter and i are together like literally that's it all you had to do at any point in time um you don't need dating jen no he's dating me yeah no we're together like it would have taken you, like, two seconds. Like, there is no right time to say Like, there's no wrong time to say it. So, just... That's not an excuse. Yeah. Fully. Um, yeah. At the, t- at the time capsule dig-up, Laura Jean, John Ambrose, Peter, Jen, Trevor, and Chris all take turns removing items and explaining their sentimental value. Peter notices a flirty connection between John Ambrose and Lara Jean, and she is upset that he invited his ex-Jen to the dig. They have a small fight and vow to never fight again, lol. Um, <laughs> Lara that Jean is like, it's the, it's like cringy bad. Like, it's like, oh, no, 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 Their no, hug, no, no. it's just like, yeah, y'all are gonna it, fight again. But it's um, like also like super uncomfortable. Like, they look like they're like, don't want it's like two little kids that are like forced to hug after they fight it's like ooh, i don't like this Lara Jean apologizes to john ambrose for neglecting to mention her relationship in the bellevue basement as he plays a beautiful song on the piano and he is very understanding because of course he is very understanding because he's perfect while shopping for thanksgiving dinner at the grocery store which is a fake thanksgiving dinner that that they do uh, Dr. Covey, who has never attempted to date since the passing of the girl's mother, strikes up a conversation with their recently divorced neighbor, Trina. We didn't talk about Trina. Trina was in the movie earlier as well. Um, and She's a big dog. Yeah, Kitty was trying to get them to date earlier, too. There's and, only like, so many plots I can cover. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lara Jean seizes the opportunity and invites Trina to Thanksgiving with their family. Um, honestly, I'm, like, more here for Thanksgiving than I am for, like, Thanksgiving. Like, I feel like that would be, like, a really fun tradition. Not with your family, but, like, like a fake Friendsgiving would be really cute. Because people always try and do other Thanksgivings too close to actual Thanksgiving. And as someone who, like, my mom makes a bomb Thanksgiving dinner and all of these other, like, fake Thanksgivings, like, Friendsgiving and stuff, it's never as good. Like, no potluck is going to be as good as, like, a 
real Thanksgiving dinner. Um, I love Thanksgiving. It's probably my favorite holiday. And uh, I'm here for more love given to Thanksgiving. I mean, like, it's not my favorite holiday, but, like, I love, like, creating your own traditions. And I think it's really – like, I think um, – it's just a cute, I, I like, and March is such a, like, dull time anyway. Like, there's not it's a February, lot that happens. right? Oh, yeah. Wait, is it? I think it's still February, because they just had Valentine's Day. Mm. I thought they said because there's nothing after, between Valentine's Day and Memorial Day? Oh, I don't know. I don't even remember. Anyway, but yeah, so, like, I think it's, like, a good time of the year. Like, it's kind of fun. I like that. Yeah. Also, Shout um. Super Tuesday, you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, not quite as lovely and fun and <laughs> I don't know, I'm but, having a great uh, time, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. But, like, you know, uh, not as, like, friendly and loving in the same way. Um, but, yeah, the also it's kind of weird, like, the Robinsons, whoever these Robinson people are, just, like, let these kids trespass and dig up shit in their backyard. And, like, they know, just, like... It. But, like, they just, like, they're in high school. It's not like they're children. Like, they're, like, adult, like, almost adults. And then they go hang out in this treehouse, like, whenever they want. Like, honestly, if I'm the Robinsons, I'm like, oh, yeah, those kids go and smoke weed in our treehouse in the totally. backyard. Like, yeah, also, they're digging up our yard. Like That's true. Um, I also thought it was really interesting that, like, Peter and John reunited and Peter wasn't just, like, fully laying it on Laura Jean because he knew that, like, he, that John Ambrose was interested from the letter stuff. Like, I don't understand why he wasn't just, like, laying it on really thick. I feel like if it's you It's like were he wanted to see where it was seeing, going. Yeah, sure. But, like, if you were seeing your girlfriend for the first time, like, why are you not, it, like, for the first time? And honestly, even if it's just, like, an hour when you're 16, you're gonna, like, hug maybe kiss like it's not I don't know I don't understand how Peter was able to greet Laura Jean without having John Ambrose know that they're dating yeah I felt like it took like a a while and it was almost like I I kind of think I think it felt like um Peter almost wanted to like feel out the relationship like how what like what things were between because he had this background information of like oh okay um the whole letter thing that's smart no, I don't. But, like, like in I think when I was thinking about it, I'm like, okay, so, like, obviously he's not, like, being super flirtatious yeah. with Laura Jean because of that. Yeah. Um, this is a tree mansion. It's not a tree house. Also, It was a really cool things, tree house. Like, very, like, out-of-the-box out set. One of the things that Peter says also is, it's not about the pizza. <laughs> I had oh, to write he that does? Down. He says, it's not about the pizza. <laughs> Oh my he god, no way. No way. That's amazing. I, I also thought um, that they were going to have Jordan Fisher sing, but like, no, they just had Laura Jean sing. But S- like, she sang her Laura Jean song, Covey. Huh? Get it? Um, I thought it was kind of weird that, like, why does Peter get so butthurt about like bringing the pizza? Like, I'd be like, can anybody else bring the pizza? Because I don't want to. Like, yeah. Like, why are you like, oh, well, we could have hosted this together. It's like, okay, you literally had six people dig up a box in the back, in a backyard. Like, can you anyone else bring pizza? Yeah. First, yeah, you didn't need pizza. Second of all, like, can anybody else, like, you got to not do anything and eat yeah. pizza. Like, why are you complaining? Yeah, I don't know. This worked out nicely for you, Peter. Be appreciative. <laughs> all right. So, um, 
Laura Jean decides to dress up in spirit wear to support Peter at his lacrosse game, or like going to his lacrosse game. But Chris shows her, uh, shows no, up. She also she doesn't just decide. She Peter tells her that it is something that he would want, so she does it. But like, how? Like, I, honestly, that's like a communication thing that like I'm here for because like you can't just like assume people are gonna do something like just because all these other girlfriends do it doesn't mean that she's gonna do it because yeah. in the same way that like she can't assume he's gonna send out acapella people like I like I I think like okay for him to say like yeah it would be really cool and it would mean something to me if you did that I think that's totally fine is communicate communicate yeah like and she I think, I think like for a Hawaiian movie book. I mean, even, like, in real life, it's, like, if you want something, you have to ask for it. You can't just assume somebody knows what you want, you know? As I say often, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Let's go squeaky wheel. Um, (laughs) But, um, so Chris shows up and shows her a picture of Peter embracing Jen. It's, like, a weird, like, hug thing. It's it's not good. Um, when confronted, Peter tells Largine that Jen is going through some things and had needed someone to talk to. But, like, really, your ex-boyfriend, is that who you need to go to? No. Um, but, like, Jen doesn't have any friends. 50% of your classmates have been through our children of divorce, you know? True. Um, he also lets it 50% slip 50% of he... these podcast hosts have been through it, too. Oh my god, who is it? Um, we are the statistic. Oh my god, we are. But like, in the best way. I think it, it works for me. Being a child of a broken home works for me. So. <laughs> Being a child of a together home works for me. So. It really does work for you. I think it works really well. For, like, it, it it makes, yeah, I think it works well for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you so me he, and you're like, yeah, our parents are still together. <laughs> what yeah like i think it's necessary for you because i couldn't imagine um like i think like it's nice for you and like i thank god every day my parents are not still together (laughs) despite being the mess that they are (laughs) so uh he also lets so peter also lets it slip that he knew jen filmed and posted the hot tub makeup video because like everybody did um, feeling betrayed, Laura Jean breaks up with Peter, even giving him back the necklace he gifted her for Valentine's Day while on a school field trip to the aquarium. Okay, weirdly, I thought the jellyfish scene with, like, them standing in front of the jellyfish with the with the necklace was, like, really cool. Like, th- the way that was shot was really beautiful. I don't know why the jellyfish were, like, I don't know, I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool. I'm going to be real. I don't really remember this because this was um, past the point that I watched again. So you're just like hoping for the best now. I'm going in blind right now. All right. I'll guide you through it because I haven't watched it in a few weeks. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, food stylist on this movie is killing it. Love playing some black pink K-pop and then the musical break where they're singing like the song that now I know from TikTok um, is it's not okay. I hated it. Um, Do you I know the musical remember. break when Lara Jean is like lip syncing? Mm, like when she's getting ready? No, when she's like when they break up and she's sad. Yeah, when she's getting ready. Are yeah. we not there yet? I don't know. I thought so. Like when she's getting. I thought so. I, I don't know. 
I thought the music was overall pretty good. I no, I think the music in the in the movie was generally good. I didn't like her lip syncing to this song. Oh, so this was like when she was getting ready to like when, when was she's it like, like a sad Squidward brushing her teeth? Oh, yeah, I didn't like that. You know, she's sad Squidward in Squidsville. Do you in know Squidsville? What um, yes, I do know what you're talking about. Now I know what you're talking about. I was like... <laughs> do you know what I ta- I'm talking about I was I, I was... Squidville? Uh, no, but I know oh, Squidward. Okay. That episode of Spongebob where Squid- Squidward goes to Squidville and everyone is like Squidward and then he ends up just like living that same life every day where he like plays his clarinet and then rides his bike and goes to the grocery store. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. It's Yeah, fine. I'm Move sure. On. I don't running like Spongebob Squidpants. Um... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. Struggling to move on, Lara Dean asks Jen to meet her in the treehouse. She confesses that although she previously believed that Peter would never get over Jen, in reality, she was the one who couldn't move on. Whoa, deep. Um, Jen tells her that Peter's feelings for Lara Jean are very genuine and that she calls him because her parents are going through a divorce and she knows that Peter has been through the same thing. That's true. It's not that it's her ex-boyfriend. It's like her ex-boyfriend who um, also went through the same thing. Um, One of the things that I think this movie does really well is the fact that it's like, it did such a good job, at least in the first one and then continuing on to the second one, of establishing the life that these characters had before the cameras started rolling. Like, Lara Jean did not just wake up one day dating Peter Kavinsky. Like, the why all of this happened is so clear and well explained. And as someone who... um, tries to write things like I have a lot of respect for this book and that's one of the reasons why I think it's so well done yeah they didn't do um the classic um exposition at the beginning of the movie like so many of the movies we talked about a little bit though they did the weird um the weird like scene of them in the field do you remember I don't know if you know what I'm talking about no but I mean like even in the first movie in the field in the first movie Oh, no, I and don't And then there was the that, scene but... where she's asking him, like, would you drink a little drop of pee in anything that you wanted to drink? Oh, or... yep, yep, I do remember that. Okay. okay. Yeah, but there was no, like, storybook that, like, flipped through no. the pages and, like, explained where we're, how we got to this point With kind Lara of thing. Jean, it would totally be a scrapbook, too. Oh, God, okay. Okay, um, so later, Laura Jean arrives at Bellevue to attend the Starlight Ball she and John Ambrose have been organizing, and Stormy does her hair and makeup and gives her one of her old dresses to wear. After a slow dance, Laura Jean and John Ambrose step outside to see that it is snowing. So the light blue dress is really cute, but, like, when Laura Jean is sitting at the vanity in, like, this, like, silk navy robe, she looks so good. Like, the navy... And, like, that material just, like, kind of bomb. And, like, I wanted that to be the actual dress. And then she changed. I'm like, okay. Outside, Laura Jean and John Ambrose share a kiss, only to realize that Laura Jean is still in love with Peter, of course. Um, And like the precious gem of a man that he is, John Ambrose steps aside and watches Laura Jean run back to her lover, Peter's arms. Peter is conveniently walking into the bell- into Bellevue as Laura Jean is running out is running out to find him, um, so I guess she was just gonna, like, drive around town until she actually found him, um, and then they run into each other's arms and make out, of course, because they, uh, of course, they get back together and everything is roses. Yay! End of the movie. Okay, um, 
Sorry. Hold on. Um, yeah. So that's the end. Um, are are we going to give a rating? Char- my character to keep an eye on was Stormy, obviously, because she's such a badass. Yay. I loved her and she was great. It was a solid four for me. So. Oh, I don't know. I mean, like a th- three and a half. 3.75, I think pretty, pretty decent among, you know, you know, among the groups. Feels right. All right. So, you know, all of the things that we always plug. Um, sorry. Let me scroll. Um, go to shoe.tbtamp.com. Um, but most importantly, give us five stars. Rate our podcast. Give us a review. That'd be awesome. Follow us at TBT Podcast um, on Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MacisCheesy. And you can follow Miranda at uh, Miranda Johnson, J-O-N-Z-O-N. Uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Bye.